Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Soul Path Podcast. I am excited today to share some stories with you. I've just had some pretty amazing experiences recently that remind me of the profound ways in which life is always talking to us. Are we listening? Are we paying attention? And in particular, this idea that we may have spirit animals speaking to us or that life is speaking to us through animals, through nature. And it's a Native American tradition. And I was, you know, I wasn't raised with this per se. I think I always grew up observing animals and, and kind of noticing and being aware of their innate intelligence. You know, there's there's instinct, yes, but there's intelligence. And that's it's in plant form and all life form ultimately. But Spirit animals was another level of thinking about things. And it wasn't until one day uh, recently here, well, this is what happened. I was driving down the road and there were three badgers that walked across the road in front of me. Three badgers, not one. The first one stopped and hissed at me, so I had to slow way down. And then it kind of scurried off. And then another one was right behind it and it stopped and hissed at me and took off. And then another one. And... I thought, wow, that's uh, what are the chances three badgers would cross the road right in front of me? I've lived my whole life in a lot of different places, never seen that happen before. So that was pretty cool. And, you know, the mind just kind of takes note of that, right? Like, huh, what, you know, what could I learn from the wisdom of observing a badger, right? So imagine uh, in ancient times when our ancestors were, you know, stable enough to have some downtime and were just so in tune to nature, spent all of their time really connected to nature, observing uh, what was real, what's going on, how everything acts, and what could they learn? What lessons could they learn from the wisdom of the badger? A badger can survive. A badger has wisdom. You know, this creature is incredible. Right, it has carved out its own niche in the, you know, in the grand scheme of things. It's got the, it's a manifestation of divine intent. Ultimately, you know, it's magical, a badger. And if you stop and think about all life at that level, is truly, truly magical. Do we let that magic escape us on a on a daily basis? Are we so focused on other things and consumed by the mind that we? St- you know, fail to slow down long enough to appreciate the magic, stop and smell a flower, think about the magic that made that happen, the color of the bloom, the fragrance, all of the, you know, chemistry that's going on, all of the molecular stuff that's going on. It's fascinating, but it's magical. It's for a purpose. It's manifestation of intent, divine intent, a curious exploration of infinite potential. The cosmic bloom. This is all really cool stuff. So learning from the badger, you know, the badger brings a lot of wisdom. And so I came home and I pulled out a book off my shelf and I opened it up to the badger. And in this book, badger represents aggressiveness. Badger is vicious. The power of The badger's medicine is an aggressiveness and a willingness to fight for what it wants. Isn't that something? You know, badger people is going, are going to be, uh, badger medicine is aggressive enough to make it to the top of their chosen field because they do not give up. 
They are also the finest healers, and they will never use and they will use any and all methods to ensure healing and will not give up on the critically ill. The badger person is often the boss. I'm reading here. The badger person is often the boss, the one that everyone fears, and at the same time, the boss that surely keeps the company afloat. The badger gets the job done. Badger certainly is a source of strength. You know, this is uh, fascinating to me. You know, that's just a short excerpt out of the book. I'm going to tell you about the book where I got this book in just a minute. But I read that those words about aggressiveness and the willingness to fight for what I want. You know, I, when I read about the wisdom of spirit animals or the spirit of animals, you know, you can look at it from any different angle. But when I, when I read about this, this is how I interpret it. Does this apply to my life right now? Right. Or how does this apply? What can I learn from this? Or how can I apply this to my life? And I realized that I just had an epic flop right? I just failed. I had my huge embarrassing failure, right? So I, I'd done all this stuff to have a, my first paid online workshop. It was actually a virtual retreat, right? 97 bucks to spend a whole day together, four uh, hours ultimately broken over a six hour time to really integrate and, and connect and apply the tools that I bring to the table, uh, the tools that life has taught me to help others uh, get from where they're at to where they want to be, right? So that, that was a I don't know. I, I was excited about it. I, I thought that, yes, I was really going to be able to help people. And I'd put out, you know, lots of social media and I had done a, fr you know, free workshops and I'd had over 120 people watch my free workshop. And then people were saying, yeah, they were interested. But on the day of the event, nobody showed up. And oh, man. Oh, oh, you know, the heartache. Whoa, the weeping, the gnashing of teeth. You know, my hair is on fire. My ego is just enraged going, what the hell happened? Right. What did I do wrong? Or more, more importantly, what did I not do right? You know, what am I missing here? What's the missing piece? What's you know, there's got to be something uh, that didn't happen, right? And so I can reverse engineer it and get into all of that, uh, and and use that as a. I mean, instantly, what can I learn from this? Right, the instant transmutation of you know, oh, this is a failure into this is a learning experience, or I'm going to leverage this failure. Yeah, I mean, it stings. Let's let's not lie about it, right? When we fail to to achieve something we set out to do, especially something we put a lot of time and energy into, emotion into, you know, if we really believe it that that's going to work, you know, and why wouldn't it, right? But then sometimes it doesn't, and what, you know, what, and. So anyway, that's where I was at. And I, man, it caused me to recoil a little bit like, oh, geez, you know, uh, am I going in the right direction would be the first question I asked myself, you know, am I on the right path? Am, is this aligned? Am I moving from the heart? Am I, is my, or am I just running with some head level idea? And it wasn't that my heart was certainly aligned and inspiring, you know, the action. There were just lessons that I needed to learn. And yes, you know, my mind had an idea that I was moving toward, but ultimately that that idea was smaller than the vision of my heart. And I was reminded through this experience, you know, through the, um, you know, the grief of you know, my ego and having to let go and, and face the music. And I'm in this really awesome mastermind group. And I had set that goal as a matter of accountability in this group. And then I had to go back and face them and, and tell them, oh, I failed. 
<laughs> and then have them help me figure out why. You know, that's that is a golden opportunity for growth. It requires humility, honesty, humility, and honor the virtuous path. I believe we've spoken about this before, right? But to be honest with ourselves, to be humble, uh, and to honor, you know, honor the wisdom of others, honor, honor the human condition, you know, honor. The interactions and the people that can speak into your life, honor the traditions, you know, honor life. It's just a beautiful thing. Anyway, but back to the spirit animals, guys. So I I have this book. It's called Medicine Cards, and it's written by, I'm opening it, Jamie Sams and David Carson. Beautiful illustrations by Angela Wernicke. And this book came to me. In, in, a, in a, a great way, right? This is a cool story. So I was uh, doing my yoga teacher training and I was in Seattle, Washington, and I, it was a month long immersion, right? Like, you know, seven days a week, we're, we're training in the morning and the night and learning and studying and anatomy and philosophy and training how to sequence and all, you know, how to deal with uh everything, you know, stuff. Uh, but so I'm in this experience and this older woman approached me, uh, toward the end and said, I don't know how you feel about this, but if you're willing to, uh, would you, would you like to draw one of these cards? And she fanned out a deck of cards in front of me, kind of cool little blue cards with a lightning bolt on them. I was like, hmm, that's cool. And being the open-hearted, open-minded man that I am, you know, sure, why not? So I I picked a card, and the card was the raccoon. And I thought, wow, the raccoon, you know? So funny, because I had just had this issue with the raccoons pooping in my daughter's tree fort. And I had tried everything to dissuade the raccoons from pooping in the tree fort, right? It was like, I, I mean, I had, I had tried to live trap them. I had tried to, you know, bait them and, and move them, all the other stuff. And ultimately I could not catch a raccoon to save my life, right? And so finally all fed up, my neighbor had the rac, they popped, my neighbor's swimming pool had one of those inflatable pools. He got, his daughter's pool got popped by the raccoons. And so he was all up in an uproar about the raccoons too. I told him the woes, gave him the cage. Long story short, he catches six raccoons in the first week, you know, going through his yard. And I was like, what, what did you do? You know, I had tried cat food. I had tried dog food. I had tried peanut butter. I had tried tuna fish. I mean, everything. Right. And I said, what did you do? And he said, oh, I did just a little dog food. You know, it's like, what? You know? So Anyway, I had tried to catch raccoons and I couldn't, but they had been around, right? So when I drew this raccoon card, I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. And then she started reading the raccoon. The raccoon is the generous protector. The raccoon carries the medicine of the protector of the underdog and the provider for the young, infirm, and elderly. Wow. When the raccoon comes your way, you are being asked to connect to your inner warrior, to protect, to be a protector and a generous provider for those in need. When I heard those words and she kept reading, it just brought tears to my eyes. I mean, that's, that was my heart. You know, I grew up seeing people being mistreated left and right. You know what I mean? And I, 
you know, I I vowed somewhere in my side of myself, as soon as I was big enough to stop it all, you know what I mean? Like that's never gonna happen in my life or around me. You know what I mean? As soon as I realized I had man strength, enough strength to kill a man with my bare hands, you know what I mean? That like that aha moment. Uh I could I could fight to the death to protect somebody, and I was willing to do that. And, you know, I went into the military. Anyway, long story short, to have that heart, to be the protector, to stand up for the underdogs. You know, I mean, I was the cool kid that didn't let people pick on the kids that weren't cool. You know what I mean? It's not cool to pick on people. You know what I mean? If you're going to pick on somebody, come try to pick on me and I'll put you in your place. In my first fist fight, I was a fourth grader beating up on a sixth grader because he was, you know, shoving my my buddy in the snowbank kind of a thing up in Alaska. Anyway, so it, it just it struck me deep. It resonated so deeply within me. Man, how, what are the coincidences? What are the chances? What are the cosmic chances? Statistical probability here. You know, this is synchronicity. This is serendipity. This is, this is beyond coincidence. You know, this is meant to be, this is destiny. Maybe, you know, how do you say it? Uh, what word do you use to describe something that could, could only be so finely orchestrated by some magical, benevolent force, ultimately, you know, the greater good, the great mystery of life in Native Americanism, you know, what I call God, good old divinity, right? The essence of life itself, the eternal enigma, the source and the sum of everything that is, this is God. And yes, we are a part of, embraced and intimately connected to and expressions of God, children's of God, you could say. But spirit animals, you know, in this, in this realm of God is everything or manifesting through everything, speaking to us through everything. What can we learn from the, the wisdom or the spirit of an animal, you know? to be the protector of the innocent and the infirm. Man, that just is, that was so strong to me. So I thought that was really cool. And I asked the lady, can I borrow your book? And she let me borrow her book and her deck of cards. And I went and I did the, the spread for a totem, whole ceremonial deal. And, uh, you know, learned my animal totems and just, you know, it was a, it was a pretty cool experience, right? And it harkened back to my childhood up growing up in the Alaskan wilderness, right? Being so close to nature and growing up with animals and all of that kind of stuff. But it also, you know, resonated moving forward, just the wisdom of animals speaking to me. And like, what can I learn from that? And does it apply? How does this apply to my life? And so when those three badgers crossed the road, <laughs> and this is just one, guys, this is just one, or I'm sharing two. I shared the first, the source of where this came. Oh, how I got the book. Okay, so uh, I was traveling through North Carolina. Uh, through I went through the old uh, Smoky Mountain National Park, and we we're going out to a family reunion anyway. Just out in that area, there are there's native land, right? There's tribal land, and so I happened to stop into a gas station. They had a little bookstore, and one thing led to another. Struck up a conversation. I asked, "Hey, have you ever uh, heard of this book?" And she said, "Well, yeah. Are you into that kind of stuff? You know?" And I was like, "Well, you know," I said, "I'm curious. I'm curious." And then she kind of gave me the old look, you know, a look over twice over, and. 
and then came out from around the corner, went over, you know, back, you know, in the dusty shelf and pulled out the package, you know, they had the, had the cards and the book in it and gave it to me. That's cool. And uh, so that's how I got the book. You know what I mean? In North Carolina years, uh, years later. And there's, you know, I, <laughs> so the badgers and the aggressiveness, right? This is the lesson that applies today. Okay. This is, this is where I'm at right now. You know, the epic failure, uh, the recoil, do I lean in? Do I, do I regroup? Do I navigate in a different direction? You know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, ultimately, ultimately I have to be aggressive, right? You know what I mean? You have to, you have to go out and fight for what you want, right? And that's the medicine of the badger. So how timely that three little badgers crossed the road and prompted me, the uh, reminded me, oh, I have this book on spirit animals and uh, this is what it says, you know? The aggressive healer who has the courage to use unconventional means to exact a cure. You know, this is, uh, this is something that is important, aggressive enough to make it to the top of their chosen field because they don't give up. They're also the finest healers. They will use any and all methods to ensure healing and will not give up on the critically ill. And so here's something, you know, when I, when I sold my yoga studio, I, I went into just basically, you know, straight pro bono and working with people who had significant, uh, significant physical ailments and conditions, setbacks. And, and so it was a, a, a very intense problem solving, you know, intense energy. And it takes a lot to, to process, right. Uh, and figure out how best to meet somebody that has, has a lot of extenuating circumstances. So I just kind of dedicated myself to that. And, uh, anyway, I went, I, I did go to India in that time, uh, and, and serve over there as well. But the, the bottom line is, you know, that heart within me to serve, you know, has always been most important. And I realized in my most recent business, you know, I, I'm, I'm working on things that are, you know, vitally important, you know, like mind, body, soul integration and head and heart, you know, alignment and how to make that connection with who am I and, you know, what was I born to do? What's my mission? What's my purpose in life and all of that? which is value because I hear people saying that they're, they're looking for this. And I, so I created, you know, 30 hours of video content and the soul path master class. And I was, you know, soul purpose workshop was going to be the opportunity for people to learn about that. Well, nobody shows up. Right. And so I'm like, wow, you know, wow. Uh, you know, okay. As I stepped back and in that space that I allowed time to kind of look at it from all angles, I realized, well, I, there are things that I'm not doing. Like I said earlier, it's, you know, that's just part of the vision. That's just part of it. You know what I mean? It's more than that. You know, I, I used to teach 35 hours of yoga a week. You know what I mean? Like that, that that's, uh, that's a lot of healing that goes on in that time. And I, I'm trying to do something different now using more of the internal alchemy of well-being, if you will. But it, it, it does all merge together. So I can't leave that part out, but I kind of had, right? And initially I had seen it all coming together. And then there's more. 
There's more to the vision than that, because it's not just mind, which would be like the soul path masterclass. Like here's this mental map and this framework, right? Here's the lessons I've learned that are most important and how to apply them. That's that. Let me, you know, shave off some time in life. And then there's body, which affects mind, mind affects body. But if you're healing and you're dealing with, you know, uh, physical aches and pains, or you're trying to recover from some significant chronic illness or ailment, you know, those things are going to detrimentally impact life in a significant way. They're going to weigh down on everything. So that's why, you know, my motto was be fit, be focused, be happy. It's it's first a, a deal with the physical or approach the physical door because it's the most accessible. Uh, we can control what we put into our body uh, we can control how we move our body. Those things are pretty accessible. The mind's a little bit more slippery, right? So the body's pretty tangible. Tangible. The mind's a little more slippery. And then to get into the subtle aspects of thing, life, the spiritual essence of life, spirit animals, you know, metaphysical phenomenon that have been documented all throughout human history and and proven and disproven, you know, over and over and over again, right? But we cannot uh, intellectually dismiss the anecdotal evidence, right? It's an overwhelmingly common human experience, the mystical experience, the spiritual experience. So, you know, notwithstanding being a hardcore atheist, which I don't think that's who I'm talking to here, but, you know, understanding that within all of the different ways of looking at it, there's that common urge to make sense of it all. And when we think about things like spirit animals, you know, it doesn't, uh, this, this idea, um, you know, that you might have a, an animal visit you in your dreams. Sure. You know, that could be a spirit animal. You could be in a sweat lodge and hallucinate. You could be on shrooms or peyote or ayahuasca or what have you, you know, that the root of it, the drive, I guess you say, is, is this urge to connect right? We're trying to make sense of our connection, of our own essence, of our own inner divinity, or this, who, who am I? Like, what am I a part of? What am I made of? Pure energetic potential, you know, that's what we're made of. So as magical and fantastic as it is to be alive and to be, you know, a divine creature and all that kind of stuff, we are still just, you know, a small part of it. And to think that there are potentially other realms of being spirit animals ghosts ancestors i mean you name it right you pick it uh higher beings gods demigods they're those these are all just labels they're labels that i think you could probably throw somewhere on the uh, electromagnetic spectrum as far, far as vibrational frequency of pure energetic awareness. You know what I mean? Uh, a higher vibe versus a lower vibe. And as higher vibes go, well, you know, some we can only see so much of the light spectrum. We can only hear so much of the sound spectrum. We can only perceive so much of the energetic spectrum, right? Heat, sensitivity. I mean, this kind of stuff, pressure. But uh, ultimately, that doesn't mean that what we can't perceive or what that which exists beyond the scope of our comprehension sound that animals can hear that we can't hear animals can emit that we can't emit, you know, uh, smells that we can't smell the whole bit, you know, things that we can't see infrared, you know, all this kind of stuff. So 
it doesn't, it's not a leap of logic. It's not illogical then to conclude that, you know, there is at the, you know, the level of spiritual perception, if you will, a spectrum that we're aware of or that we can perceive. And then that it would hold true as above, so below, you know, the, uh, the spectrum continues beyond our perception, likely in both directions right? <laughs> if observation is any indication. So, all right, that's a little bit deep for spirit animals, but but you hear what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't have to be illogical. It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be woo-woo. It doesn't have to be demonic. It doesn't have to be dark, right? How do we understand this? So the question that I, again, I've, I've been asking myself, and I encourage everybody, you know, ask yourself this question, you know, does this apply to me? What can I learn from this? That's curiosity. And to be close-minded and say spirit animals, psh, ah, you know, uh, one of the, uh, one of the, you know, this is funny, uh, the book Tools of Titans, that, yeah, by Tim Ferriss, anyway, super, super duper powerful book, right? This collection of wisdom on health, wealth, and wisdom and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things in the book is he asks everybody about their spirit animals and he asked Jocko Willis about a spirit animal. Jocko is just a hardcore, hardcore dude. And he's like, negative. What the fuck is a spirit animal? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, no, dude, I'm not into spirit animals. And I think a lot of people would be like, no, dude, I'm not into spirit animals. You get the fuck out of here, right? And so, but, but, three badgers cross my road. It made me think, huh? I go to the book, it's talking about aggressiveness at a time to, to fight for what you want or, you know, all that good stuff, being an aggressive healer. And then, you know, the book comes from the experience where the lady just randomly asked me to draw a card. And the whole road that led me into yoga is, you know, beyond calculation. It's incomprehensibly complex and unlikely, you know, so... And, and that's just a couple of stories of numerous untold. I remember I was telling my wife about uh, the spirit animals. I finally broke it to her. I was like, yeah, so this was the experience I had with the lady, the car, the book, you know, the whole bit. And uh, she's like, actually, it was in that car after we got the book. And she's like, what? You know, I was like, yeah, yeah for real. I'm, you know, I'm very curious. And uh, and she's like, nah, da, da, da. And I said, fine, let's just have fun with this, right? I said, you just, you know, draw a card, any card, pick a card, you know? And so she did, and it was the dolphin. And she's like, they opened up the dolphin. And the dolphin was like, yeah, have fun, being lighthearted, right? And I mean, she had been so uh, wound tight in that particular moment that to be the dolphin and to be, you know, playful was, it was just laughing. And then, and then it was... Uh, we got out of the car at a gas station and there was uh, a, a girl walked by that had a great big dolphin on her shirt. And my my daughter didn't you know, know what was going on. Anyway, she says, hey, mom, check out that dolphin. <laughs> and I mean, again, just it's so it can only be synchronicity. It can only be serendipity. It can only be divinity right? That there is no coincidental chance that that could ever happen. And, uh, anyway, I just, I was, I've, I turned to the page of dolphin here in the book and I wanted to find that place. 
uh, where I was talking about that. But it's just one of those things that Dolphin teaches us how to re- uh, release emotions through breath. Dolphin creates rhythm, swimming through the water and breathing before submission, uh, submerging and then holding its breath for the duration of travel. Right. And he talks about all this kind of stuff. And it's ta- it says this is a good way for getting relaxation, right? It's good medicine. And it's an exercise to use before entering the silence. This is where wisdom and mana comes from, the life force present in every atom. It's the great spirit's essence. Dolphin teaches us how to use life mana through our breath. This is prana and pranayama. This is chi in Kung Fu, right? This is the same thing in Native American wisdom. Uh, It revitalizes each cell and organ and breaks the limit and dimensions of physical reality so that we may enter the dream time. Oh, man. Uh, It goes on. There's a lot. I'm not going to read it. It talks more about uh, language and all this stuff. Ride the way. Imitate dolphin. Ride the waves of laughter, spreading joy in the world. Breathe and experience the manna so freely given. Break existing barriers and connect to the dream time of the great star nation know that we are all whole in the eyes of the ever living one you know that was probably a little more than my wife was expecting to get in that moment but it was just funny when that when that uh when my that moment when my daughter said hey mom check out that dolphin and like you know a sparkly pink dolphin in the girl's shirt i mean it was just funny she laughed you know she laughed she how you know, you can't deny that. It's just, it's so existential. It's so uh, amazing. And I believe that people have this type of experience, magical, metaphysical, mystical, spiritual experiences all the time, all around the globe, and in infinitely diverse ways. As infinitely unique as every human being is, I believe that there are that many different ways that people experience this. And yet, throughout the ages, you know, just like there are dominant purpose, you know, there's there 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 are themes, right? Uh, there are stories about how to cultivate this connection. Do you know your spirit animal totem? You know, well, it might be meaningful to you. You know, if this if this episode of the Soul Path podcast. Uh, uh, it does anything. I hope it makes you curious. What are the chances three badgers would cross the road? And here I am. How about having the three raccoons underneath my porch or the ones that were pooping in the tree fort? You know, uh, the, all this kind of stuff. You know, I I can't explain that other than the way that I have. And from the heart, there's no way that I could ever deny the experience. Does that make sense? So I've lived it. So this is my reality, guys, and that's that's a reality that I think I share with a lot of people, but what I want to encourage each person listening is that your reality, you know, experience it. You know, what is your reality telling you? And, you know, what is real right now? Anyway, how is life talking to you? How is life talking to you? And what is real right now is really important. My mind skipped for just a second to uh, being rooted in reality. And uh, sometimes it's, you know, that, that's a whole other episode, I guess, as, as far as 
say, you know, what is real and, and what is reality and all that kind of stuff. You know what? That sounds like a great episode. So we're going to do that. Uh, I'm looking forward to an exciting interview uh, here coming up tomorrow. And so I've been away, guys, a little bit. I pulled back again. I was just kind of regrouping and trying to figure out what brings me joy and where, where am I off course? I'll tell you what brings me joy, and that's sharing my heart, uh, sharing my voice. I've been enjoying Clubhouse. Stay tuned on that. I'll be looking forward to setting up a room there to meet regularly and have more dialogue. So, and just listen to other people's voices. The voice is powerful. So thank you for being here with me, listening to my voice. Uh, please again, like and subscribe, share this with your friends. Any of those uh, spirit animal skeptics out there, they should hear this one and then look me up because, you know, uh, I, I'm again, I'm probably the last guy on the planet or whatever been sitting here to tell you the story. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, yeah, from my heart to yours, stay curious and I'll look forward to connecting and talking to you again soon. Peace. Peace.